Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Greetings and welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio. We are very happy that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about something that is relevant to all of us. We're going to be discussing how our mindset and our perspective really colors even the outcomes of things as well as the steps toward the outcomes. And our guest today is Jamie Lerner co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. And we're going to talk about how to reframe even the most difficult situations, how to untangle issues, and take a look at things and put them in their proper place so that you can move forward, learn from it, and feel good about the steps that you took along the way. So perspective really matters. Jamie, I'd love to welcome you to Wise Health for Women Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I love this topic because I certainly know that we've all had those days we wake up like a thundercloud and we're not at all sure of how the day will go. And as we're in this dark thundercloud place, almost anything takes on a more ominous or a negative or a less than positive spin. What is your advice for turning that around when it's a way you wake up. Okay. Well, um, I think that all of us could make a shift in a, just a moment's notice. So I think that when we become aware of how we're feeling in the morning, first thing, and we are feeling a bit negative or um, a bit gloomy, that, mm-hmm. that is a wonderful opportunity for us to take a moment and check in with ourselves. And perhaps sit with ourselves and soothe ourselves back into a connection with ourselves. Because when we're connected with ourselves, we feel really good. And I believe that every moment that we're not feeling good, it really means that we are disconnected from our inner knowing, our inner being. So how I love that. Yeah. So how can we first notice it? And I think that that's really a wonderful way to start the day is just to sit and address yourself, um, to take a few moments and to um, just be with who you are and where you are and to choose from that moment how you would like to be feeling the next moment and the next moment and the next moment because it's really all up to us. It is. Everything really is a choice. And yet, you know people. We've all known them. Um, Call them Eeyore, uh, as an example. Those, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. The the ones who who just, oh, such a bother. You know, something like that. And, And I think the really interesting part is that when you take a look at what, sometimes people just are, are that way. And yet, if you talk to them and know exactly what to do to turn them around to view it a different way, some people do it in a way that elicits a good response. Other people may do it in a way that furthers them into gloom and looking at the hard side of things. 
I think that there are a lot of things that you're saying that make such relevance, addressing self. But let's take a look at that Eeyore person who says, I don't want to talk to myself right now. I don't even like myself right now. So taking and reframing a day that feels like an Eeyore day, I, I find that I use humor. Because I, I think it's rather silly. If I look in the mirror and I know that I'm doing this because I'll check in and I'm just putting myself out there, I usually can say, you know exactly what you have to do to make yourself feel better. So just go do it. And that's fine. But I think some people get stuck on, on taking that first action or even that check-in. What do you think about that? I think that that's absolutely correct. And so... And that moment can make a decision either to stay stuck or to possibly distract yourself with something that would feel good if you would put your attention on it. So maybe the birds chirping outside or maybe you're going to sit and you're just going to sit with your cup of coffee and appreciate how it feels to hold the warmth of the coffee cup around your hands and to breathe in the smell of the coffee. You know, things like that tend to break a mood. Mm-hmm. However, some people don't want to break the mood. So what right. I suggest is, is at least acknowledge you're staying there. And then you never feel like you're a victim to a moment because you're actually choosing it. And it's perfectly fine. If you choose to stay there, do so. But acknowledge that you've made a choice to do so. I and that love feels that. really good. <laughs> well, yes, because it, it says I, I am choosing this and, and today is my moment to be grumpy. Presumably you're home by yourself or somewhere else so that you're not infecting other people but it is well, a choice can we talk about that a moment because yes please do I, I i would like to say that if we are in a, a bad space and uh-huh. we are with other people it's really other people's choice to take that on if we're in a wonderful space and we're around other people who are not in such a good place That's our choice to take that on. Mm -hmm. The whole concept of allowing others to be where they are Mm -hmm. while we're allowing ourselves to be where we are is really the most loving and unconditional way to move through the world. So I'm connected to myself and I'm acknowledging that wherever I am in this moment is perfectly fine. And when I do so, it makes it so much easier for me to then allow all the other people around me to choose for themselves. And that sometimes gets to be tangled because if they make the choice to depart at that point, uh, you're at a coffee shop, say, and they're, they're really not able to take on anyone else's mood, if you will, find the word that you like, then we have to teach ourselves, or correct me if I'm wrong, because it's your area of expertise, we have to teach ourselves that that is their choice and that you know, it has nothing really to do with you. It's everybody's choice is individual. Right. So to, to in, in the most loving way, to excuse yourself is wonderful. But to excuse yourself without judgment, mm-hmm. that's the key. And when we're connected to ourselves, we can do that easily. We can say to ourselves, this is not resonating with me, but I so in the most loving way respect where this other person is in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then excuse ourselves. And that's a really nice thing to do for yourself and for the other person. So, it sure is. And, and what you're bringing up, too, is kindness. 
toward yourself and to others. Yes, it is. It is. It's a very lovely way to interact with yourself and others. But it starts with ourselves. It It starts with ourselves. But don't you find that kindness is a rarity these days? No, I find that there's lots of kindness in the world. Oh, good, good. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, I I tend to agree it can be, but I I think that people, if you seek it, which I do, I I think you find it. But I I wonder if if sometimes all this connectedness um, has made life more knee-jerk and just respond instead of, no, react rather than respond. Well, first of all, we don't react when we're connected to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we respond because mm-hmm. um, that's how that works, in my opinion. But I also believe that how we view ourselves is how we view the rest. The lens that I am looking through mm-hmm. outwardly is a clear and accurate reflection of how I am feeling about myself. If I am kind to myself, my lens is such that all I see is kindness in others. So true. So, so true. I, <laughs> but how do you, again, are, so do you work toward that with words of affirmation? Do you... Um, take the quiet time to really reflect on what people are saying uh, or, or watching body language. Are you very attuned not only to yourself but to others? I am very attuned to myself and therefore I'm very allowing of others. Because I'm so attuned to myself, I understand not to take anything personally or anything on from another. So, once again, when we're connected to ourselves and tuned into ourselves, we allow ourselves to flow through conversations with people without getting tangled up in where they are. That is the most loving way of viewing things. And I, I really find it almost calming just talking to you because I think that tuning into oneself takes practice. Not everyone is uh, as self-aware or takes the time. Often women are thinking that this is selfish to take the time to think about things. But in many ways, you are bettering the world around you by connecting with yourself. Would you agree with that? I would agree 100% with that. And there is no way as, as women that we can care for anybody until we care for ourselves. And when we try to do so, we end up becoming very resentful of the very people that we are caring for. And that just doesn't work for anyone. It doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for the other person. And in some ways, I believe that it is a way for us to avoid the relationship with ourselves. And that doesn't work either. Let's talk about avoidance briefly, because I think that's important. We have about a minute till our break, so that gives you some time to start, and we can continue after the break. Talk about avoiding looking at ourselves. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's unnecessary. That's what I'd like to say before the break. I think it's not necessary to avoid looking at ourselves. All right. 
but I, I think we can acknowledge there are people that it's easier to avoid than it is to look inward. And I, I think that one of the things um, from talking to many other guests on the show is that self-awareness is sometimes uncomfortable. And as you look and reflect at yourself, you find lots of positive things. And then women do have a tendency sometimes to overthink. And so let's, um, let's think about talking about that a little bit more because it may be uncomfortable, but the benefits of self-reflection and self-awareness far outweigh the avoidance techniques that are really not working so well for you. We're going on a quick break now. You're listening to Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll be back right after these messages. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What in the world are you listening to, young man? Oh, Mom, it's just a cool comedy radio show. Well, it sounds much too adult-oriented for you, young man. But it's PG-13, and it's about six super nerds having crazy adventures while they try to take over the world. And you are only 12. Now go to your room and watch Nickelodeon or something. Aw, Mom. Now just what is this? <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. I've got to tell my friends about Paranoia Texas on TylerNet and TogiNet Radio Monday nights at 8 p.m. It's a show filled with outrageous adventure and hilarious attitude, but it's definitely rated PG-13. I love it. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Jamie Lerner about the art of allowing. And before the break, we were talking about self-awareness and avoidance and taking the time for yourself to figure out where you are on a regular routine basis. And you mentioned that you don't feel that avoiding it is, is really a good idea. So talk a little further about that. Okay. So oftentimes, whatever it is that we're thinking about ourselves, okay, mm-hmm. we project onto other people and we think other people are thinking that about us. And, and that's just not true. So if we could isolate for a moment, whatever that thought is, if it's a negative or an uncomfortable thought, and we could stop and ask ourselves, like, wow, does, 
this have anything to do with where I am right now in my life? I think most of us would say, no. This is some old vibrational residue from somewhere in the past that I've kind of dragged along and I've never really questioned it. Because a lot of the things that we catch ourselves saying to ourselves, we would never speak to another person like that, ever. And it's kind (laughs) of funny. So talk about laughter. I mean, that is a wonderful thing to laugh at because it's ridiculous. We would never say those things to another person. And to say those things to ourselves, it would be really helpful to understand, like, where did this even come from? (laughs) Like, is this even necessary? And I think that comic relief is maybe a good place to start. Yeah, that's what I meant when I said earlier that I often use humor to diffuse a mood if that happens to be an Eeyore moment, etc. Because so often we take on emotions and situations that are not ours. And I, I think in many ways... Sometimes it's a fear of not being able to help someone or it's a fear of not letting someone solve a problem themselves. So how much does the need for control play into this kind of discussion? Well, I think we only have control over two things, what we're choosing to think about and how we're choosing to feel. Mm -hmm. And other than that, we have no control over anything else. All of our power lies in the ability to take personal responsibility for what we're going to choose to think about in a moment Mm -hmm. and how we're going to choose to feel about what we're thinking about in this moment. And the beauty of this is we can only do this for ourselves. We cannot do this for somebody else. So those are two wonderful things to, um, to begin to play with in terms of control. Everything else? You know, control is such a, um, it has a, such a negative connotation these days. And and we so often feel we have the ability to control. But as you say, we don't 90% of the time, 99% of the time. So if we can figure out where those opinions or judgments on ourselves came from, does that help you break the cycle? I think as soon as we understand that they have nothing to do with right now in this moment, it does. Mm-hmm. Because most of all of that old vibrational residue, and that's what I like to call it, it's mm-hmm. like old baggage that we've just kind of dragged along the way or just sound bites that we've picked up energetically and we've carried them in our unconscious. Mm-hmm. So I think once we're able to determine that this is, has nothing to do with where I am right now or who I am right now, I think it does help. It's kind of like sorting socks. You take mm-hmm. them all out of the dryer. They all look the same, but they're not. <laughs> So to begin to say, like, this isn't yours, this is mine, this is yours, this is mine, and you realize that in many ways, your pile of what's yours is very small. So can we just let go of the other stuff and focus on where we want to be instead of where we are? I think that's a great place to start. I love you ask your... people all day long what they want, and they tell you all day long what they don't want. That's true. But I also love your visual, because I'm a very visual person, of socks. Because if you stop to think about a lot of the things that we spend and ruminate and and swirl in our mind in this negative Archimedes circle, they really are as inconsequential as socks sometimes. Yes. (laughs) We make too much out of everything. 
And it is my belief that we're really here to experience joy and to create wonderfully connected relationships with other people and to play and to have fun and to thrive. And I always have believed and continue to believe that we know what's best for ourselves. We always do. And can we trust that? And I have never heard anyone said, I should not have listened to myself. But I hear people all the time say, I should have listened to myself. Mm -hmm. So that inner being is tapping you on the shoulder all day long, trying to get your attention. And so if you could just redirect yourself and tune into it, you would really begin to reconnect to yourself in such a wonderful and loving way. And that is where all of our internal guidance comes from. I'm also a huge believer in intuition. And the more that you do tune in and the more that you do begin to trust yourself on your intuition, I believe that it gets stronger as an ability to help you reframe things as they come. Do you feel that intuition is something that can be uh, improved upon, uh, honed, uh, made refined? Yes, I believe that when we are open to receiving, it is amazing what is available to us. It really is. It's just astounding. And pretty much, I think at that point, we can feel our way through our entire day intuitively with our knowing and be very successful when we do that. Oh, I agree with you. Now, there are those who... I. I I was just trying to think back if I've ever heard somebody say I, I shouldn't have listened to myself. And no, I haven't either. <laughs> I, I, I think that's funny. But trusting those emotions takes a bit of risk. So if you are a risk-averse person, and I think there is a spectrum of how risk-ready someone may be, as you begin to to trust your intuition more and to trust yourself and what it's feeling and telling you, do you find that that begins to be almost contagious with those that you're around? I do. And how would anyone know better for you than you? I mean, that is the question I ask clients all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them, think back on an example where... You intuitively knew something, but you didn't listen to yourself. And then afterwards, you said, I knew that. Mm-hmm. Once you can come up with a few examples, you have really proven to yourself that you can trust yourself. Now, what you want to do with that is your choice. It would be so wonderful if you could acknowledge that intuitive knowing when it's happening and say, in this moment, intuitively, I know what you do, but I'm not going to trust it. That would be much better than ignoring the intuitive knowing because it's really there. And once we relax into it, just like you said before, it comes easier and easier and easier. And in more rich detail, I think. Um, But the reason I asked about contagion is I think that over time, um, I've had family and friends. If I say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this, They'll say, well, I trust your intuition, so that helps. Thanks. And I I think we can help one another if we are able to share uh, really true inspired thoughts from that sort of uh, trusting intuition piece. But, I mean, we're not 
always 100%, but we certainly do have the direction blinkers going that way. Yes, and the way that we can really help our children is by always telling them that we trust them. Mm -hmm. By telling them, trust yourself. You know, you know, you know. And when you guide children to direct themselves from the inside out, that's how they navigate, from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful. And for some parents, it's very scary because they want to control the outcome of their children's decision-making. When in fact, children really do know for themselves. And when they trust themselves, they make excellent decisions. Mm -hmm. And there are really no consequences for a decision. It's an outcome. It's either an outcome that you feel good about or it's an Mm -hmm. outcome that you don't feel good about. And next time you just make a different decision. That's all there is to it. Right. There's a, a saying by John Maxwell, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And often we learn more from the times that we didn't tune in as opposed to the times that we did. Has that happened to you? It has. And the beauty of it is that when it's your decision, it's your outcome. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really good thing to take personal responsibility for, whether it was an outcome that you desired or one that you didn't desire. It's of your own making, of your own choosing. Mm-hmm. And that and makes you powerful. I'm sorry, go ahead. And that's powerful to say that I am, can make decisions and, you know, control my life. You know, it's my life and I can navigate through this. Well, see, navigating is complicated these days. But what you're saying, and what I believe also to be true, is that it really isn't all that complicated. We complicate it. Do you feel that that is something that you're seeing a lot these days? I, I do, and when I see it, I allow people to make it complicated because a lot of people are afraid to feel good. People are more afraid to live than they are to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are afraid to feel good and to have good, healthy, connected relationships with, with people. They're, I think, more afraid of that than anything else which is interesting. And when you see people like that, you, you allow them to be there. You show them through your living, breathing example of what is possible, and then you just allow them to be. And that is such a wonderful way to interact with so many people in this world, especially today. So many people live in fear, fear of everything. You're absolutely right. And unfortunately, we have another break. So we will be back after these short messages. We are visiting with Jamie Lerner today on learning how to reframe even the most difficult situations. We'll return after these messages. Don't go away. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. Notice that no matter how carefully you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all cringle-crangled and jitterty-jitterty the next year. 
Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison, and by 1900, these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. In 1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained, as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Diabetes is becoming a common word because it is so widespread in our society now. According to Health Magazine, the difference between type 1 diabetes and type 2 is type 1 is an autoimmune disease that destroys insulin-producing cells in the pancreas. It is usually diagnosed in people younger than 18, but can strike at any age. Insulin is used to help manage the disease. Type 2 is when the body loses its sensitivity to insulin and is usually diagnosed in older obese people, but now it's even showing up in children. It is treated with lifestyle changes, oral medication, or insulin. Can exercise and diet really help? You bet. A healthy diet full of vegetables, fruit, whole grains, and low-calorie foods will help you keep the weight off that can cause type 2 diabetes. Daily exercise is the key to keeping lean and fit it. Welcome back. We are still talking with Jamie Lerner about the art of allowing, the art of tuning in, the art of intuition, taking perspective and finding a fresh outlook on things and, and trying to detangle the complicated mess we sometimes make of life. And I think one of the things that you talked about earlier I'd love to revisit is that there is a lot of judgment. There's a, you know, certainly on social media, there's compare and despair and finding and giving truly unconditional relationships and friendships and and caring is is quite difficult sometimes but it can be done and do you at least i believe that do you believe that we can have unconditional relationships that allow us to talk about everything because i believe it's possible though i do believe it's also challenging sometimes what's your thought I think not only is it possible, it is just the most magnificent way to interact with people. And I think that the more comfortable we are with ourselves, the more comfortable we are with other people, no matter what religion they are, color they are, their ideas, whatever. When we are connected to ourselves and in a good space with ourselves, we are able to exchange all kinds of ideas with all kinds of people. And, you know, that is really the basis for a very rich interaction with people or with another person. So once again, it it starts with us. Rich interactions. Yeah, rich interactions are treasured. And I think a lot of the superficiality of today, when you're finally in a a very good conversation with someone or connecting uh, across a coffee table or something, 
it has a feel to it and an energy to it that is not only calm, but it's calm but energized, if that makes any sense. It's back to your vibrational comment before, but in a positive fashion. Yes, and the other thing that I think um, we can understand is that we do not need to make someone else wrong in order for something to be right for us. Mm -hmm. So I get to choose what's right for me. You get to choose what's right for you. And it doesn't make either of us wrong. Everyone gets to choose individually. And that is another wonderful way to exchange thoughts and ideas and feelings with, with, with each other. Acceptance. It's acceptance and it's allowing. So not only do I accept where you're at, I allow you to be there. And and that is a a gift because so often people forget that we don't need judgments on how we are feeling. That would be an invalidation of how we are feeling. But allowing it without judging it is that unconditional friendship, caring that we were talking about. So how do you go about making a change in the world each day when you're dealing with people? Well, first of all, if I even sense a little bit that I'm in a judgmental place, mm-hmm. I take a step back and look at the relationship I'm having with myself in that moment because that is a clear indication mm-hmm. I'm disconnected. In a disconnected moment, I have no chance of dealing with another person. Mm-hmm. No chance at all. I can project onto them. I can, you know, I can react. I can do many things. But there is no way that there will be anything positive to come out of an interaction in a moment where I'm disconnected from myself. So that's sure. an opportunity for people to check in with themselves and maybe laugh about it and be like, oh, my goodness, here I go again. No. <laughs> well, that brings and, up another topic, which is the that oftentimes women have negative self-talk, which I think they often don't realize really is pervasive and can be in the smallest of things but does have an impact on how we interact with others. Well, it does because we then project that other people are feeling that way about us, but other people are not. Other people are not feeling the way about you that you are feeling about yourself. So if you're not liking yourself and you're out in the world and you think nobody else likes you, that's not even true. That's just not true. If you are loving yourself and you see everyone is loving you, that is probably true. That is true. So we have to get right with ourselves first. We have to cut ourselves a little slack. We have to wrap our arms around ourselves and find a way to unconditionally embrace ourselves in the most loving of ways. Mm -hmm. We need to forgive ourselves. Forgive ourselves for what we did do, what we didn't do, what we were supposed to do. Forgiveness is a bridge to love. Mm-hmm. Is there a um, a cue, a physical cue? You just said embrace yourself. Is there a physical cue that you would recommend or, or even talk about that says, oh, I'm doing it again? Um, 
you know, either hold your hands together or, or I, I'm just making this up or sit a certain way. Um, I know that sometimes people need cues to remind themselves and to make themselves smile like, oh my goodness, you know, I had to grab my thumb three times today. So is there something that you recommend? I think whatever you choose to do for yourself, do it with some laughter and some levity mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. as you're reminding yourself, you, you don't want to put yourself down. You don't want to berate yourself. You don't want to be upset with yourself. You want it to be something that feels light and fun and funny. So you can make a shift and a reminder to just do it a little differently, a, a way that feels better. It's all about feeling good. That's the whole purpose for all of this. When we feel good, everyone around us feels good. Mm-hmm. That is what is contagious, is the feeling good. We could walk into a room feeling good and not say one word to anyone. And vibrationally, we are uplifting everyone around us. That is contagious. I think you're talking about the ease that people can see when someone is right with themselves. Because you're right. Somebody can walk in the room and you just sense they're comfortable in their skin. You want to be around them. They have a positive, you called it vibration. I would call it an energy. But feeling good about ourselves is is a very good start. It's, It's an essential start to feeling good and at ease with others. And do you find that when you work with clients, et cetera, that it's a collaborative effort because if you're breaking habits of the past, you have to start somewhere. I think when we give people permission to feel good, I think that's really helpful. And when we give people permission to laugh about every single solitary thing that's going on in their life, I think that that is really helpful as well. However, it's always a person's choice to make a shift from where they are to where they want to be. We have to choose it. We have to want it. We -hmm. have to desire it. And some people, they don't want it. And that's okay. You know, that's really, really okay. There are some clients I work with and we get nowhere because continually they know where they are. They know where they want to be, but they just don't want to make the shift. And you know what? That's okay too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is but something they feel called... empowered making the decision. It's not happening right. to them. They're choosing it. That's, so, that's wonderful. I applaud that. <laughs> They're comfortable in their chaos is what we like to say. Yes, but They're... no judgment. That is no. a choice. And guess what? It's all theirs. They can have it all. No one's going to take it away from them. You know? <laughs> Lucky them. That's, that's perfect right. for them. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right. And I, I love... What I'm guessing is um, sometimes when things do feel like they're going downhill and you're searching for something to ping you into a positive clarity, I, I use an image of light, I, a sort of like a, a, a flashlight in a dark room or that wonderful image of a, um, a, a, a lit match in a, in a very dark, large space because it's so amazing. A small glimmer of light can truly reflect very far and is visible from very far away. And if I can find that spark, that little glimmer of light, that's where I start to go building 
and and to to turn it around, to reframe it. I'm not always successful, but more often than not, I am. Are there other visuals that you would suggest for people like me who who need visuals or or prefer them? Well, the idea of making a little shift is just like when you're sitting in your chair and you're just trying to get comfortable and you just make a little shift. Sometimes just that little shift makes all the difference. So it's the small things. It's, It's to address yourself first thing in the morning because that sends a message that you are important. And it, it, it doesn't have to be anything big at all. You know, it can be just in the morning to say to yourself, you know, this is how I want my day to go. So to prepave your day and to take yourself through your day the way you'd like it to unfold. And you'd be surprised. Your day unfolds exactly the way you expect it to. So if you're expecting to flow through traffic, you probably will. If you're expecting you're going to be sitting in traffic, you also probably will. (laughs) So (laughs) we really have so many wonderful opportunities to create a wonderful day for ourselves or not. It's all those little things. And the little things add up. They really do. And I want to make certain our listeners know where to find out more information. And that would be at your website, which is Jamie dash learner l-e-r-n-e-r dot com are there other places you'd like to send us for more information that's all and the book the ever loving you is um, available on amazon and it's a wonderful book that really reminds you how to create a long-term connected relationship with yourself i love that actually every single thing in the book is a reminder of everything you already know, but just have forgotten along the way. And I will make certain to put that link in the show notes. Jamie, thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. And I will definitely post the ever-loving essence of you and the jamie-learner.com website. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back next week with more interesting guests working to help you thrive and to flourish after 40. We are so glad that you've joined us today. You can also find us on iTunes and wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Make it a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.